Greetings, family. Welcome to today's reading of for this month, for the month of February. It consists in a few parts of reading for our Bible College curriculum. I'm Fernando, your instructor, and with God, all things are possible, Matthew 19, 26. And our objective here is to be sharp with the Word of God and to learn what our benefits are in the Word of God as we drive to work, as we do our care at home. So let's go ahead and pray. Let us go ahead and expect God, and He will, to show up in our prayers and in our readings today, that we may learn and grow more and more and be like Him. As Jesus is in heaven, so are we. Let's pray with the Our Father, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Welcome, Fernando, your instructor. Let's go ahead and start off with February 1st. Hit him with a rock. Article by Kenny Copeland. And the scripture we use is Psalm 23, verses 1 through 2. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. <clears throat> he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Have you ever thought about David and wondered how a shepherd boy could become a man after God's own heart? A man so strong in spirit that God chose him to be king of Israel? I have. In fact, I asked God about it, and he showed me that revelation was that turned David in such a spiritual powerhouse, revelation that came to him through hours of thinking about the things of God. I imagine that day he wrote Psalm 23. He was just sitting and singing praises to God and meditating on his goodness, just fellowshipping with him, when suddenly... The anointing of the Lord came upon him and he said, The Lord is my shepherd. Suddenly he thought about the sheep he watched over as a boy. I faced death for those sheep, he thought. I led them where pastures were green and waters were cool, clean, deep and peaceful. He kept on meditating on that until it started to thrill him. When the lion and the bear came, I didn't he prepare a table before me in the presence of those enemies? He gave me the victory. My God, my God will fight for me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That revelation welled up in David so strong that the devil couldn't beat it out of him. So when Goliath tried to make a fool out of Israel, David went after him. Goliath was able to scare off everyone else, but he couldn't shake David because he had a revelation inside him that said, Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for my God is with me. That revelation enabled David to say, I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts and to send a rock sailing into the giant's brain. <laughs> Is the devil out to destroy you? Do what David did. Meditate on God and his word. Sing praises to your king. Fellowship with him until the revelation of who he is is in your 
starts to thrill your soul, then tell the devil, you're not going to kill me. The Lord is my shepherd. Hit him with the rock of revelation knowledge and you'll knock him flat every time. Amen. Let's go ahead and read Psalm 23. All in contents, in the fullness of it. Psalm 23. And what Bible do we have here? We have the New Living Testament. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. And he leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right path, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. And with that, let's go ahead and read some uh, some scriptures, some psalms. Let's go to Psalm 5. It says, O Lord, hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my groaning. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God, for I pray to no one but you. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly and patiently. Oh God, you take no pleasure in wickedness. You cannot tolerate the sins of the wicked. Therefore, the proud may not stand in your presence, for you hate all who do evil. You will destroy those who tell lies. The Lord detests murderers and deceivers. Because of your unfailing love, I can enter your house. I will worship at your temple with deepest awe. Lead me in the right path, O Lord, or my enemies will conquer me. Make your way plain for me to follow. My enemies cannot speak a truthful word. Their deepest desire is to destroy others. Their talk is fall like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with flattery. O God, declare them guilty. Let them be caught in their own traps. Drive them away because of their many sins, for they have reveled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your protection over them, that all who love your name may be filled with joy. For you bless the godly, O Lord. You surround them with shields of love. I love the Psalms, folks. The Psalms... They, they sing in your heart while you're out there working all day long. Check this psalm out, Psalm 35, a psalm of David. O Lord, oppose those who oppose me, fight those who fight against me. Put on your armor and take up your shield. Prepare for battle and come to my aid. Lift up your spear and javelin against those who pursue me. Let me hear you say, I will give you victory. Bring shame and disgrace to those trying to kill me. Turn them back and humiliate those who want to harm me. Blow them away like the shaft in the wind, a wind sent by the angel of the Lord. 
make their path dark and slippery with the angel of the Lord pursuing them. I did them no wrong, but they laid a trap for me. I did them no wrong, but they dug a pit to catch me. So let sudden ruin come upon them. Let them be caught in the trap they set for me. Let them be destroyed in the pit they dug for me. Then I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be glad because he rescues me. With every bone in my body, I will praise him. Lord, who can compare with you? Who else rescues the helpless from the strong? Who else protects the helpless and poor from those who rob them? Malicious witnesses testify against me. They accuse me of crimes I know nothing about. They repay me evil for good. I am sick with despair, yet when they were ill, I grieve for them. I deny myself by fasting for them, but my prayers return unanswered. I was sad as though they were my friends or family, but I, if I were grieving for my own mother. But they are glad now that I am in trouble. They gleefully join together against me. I am attacked by people I don't even know. They slander me constantly. They mock me and call me names. They'll snarl at me. How long, O oh Lord, will you look on and do nothing? Rescue me from their fierce attacks. Protect my life from these lions. Then I will thank you in front of the great assembly. I will praise you before all the people. Don't let my treasured enemies rejoice over my defeat. Don't let those who hate me without cause gloat over my sorrow. They don't talk of peace. They plot against innocent people who mind their own business. They shout, aha, aha, with our own eyes. We saw him do it. Oh, Lord, you know all about this. Do not stay silent. Do not abandon me now, oh, Lord. Wake up, rise to my defense. Take up my case, my God and my Lord. Declare me now guilty, oh, Lord, my God. For you give justice, don't let my enemies laugh about me in my trouble. Don't let them say, look, we got what we wanted. Now we will eat him alive. May those who rejoice at my troubles be humiliated and disgraced. May those who triumph over me be covered with shame and dishonor. But give great joy to those who come to my defense. Let them continually say, great is the Lord who delights in blessing his servant with peace. Let us all say this together. Great is the Lord who delights in blessing his servant with peace. Then I will proclaim your justice. I will praise you all the day long. Amen. Let's say that again. Great is the Lord who delights in blessing his servants with peace. Great is the Lord who delights in blessing his servants with peace. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and uh, and move over to uh, February the 2nd for uh, Kenny Copeland. All right, all right. This one is 1 Thessalonians 5.18. This is by Mrs. Copeland, Gloria. Thank you, Lord. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. This is a tough one for a lot of us. In everything, give thanks. Car payment, flat tire, DMV fees, children. They're doing it again. The dog got out. Fender bender. The neighbor's throwing trash in our yard. 
the kids are staying out late at night. The husband or the wife, they're snarling again or they're snoring. <laughs> Anything and everything. What's everything? The, the well went dry. The well has full of water. The gas tank is dry. The gas tank is full. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So in other words, all the work that Jesus has done is inside of us, and we appreciate that because it gives us love. It just pours out supply. And when the peace is not there, we say, Lord, the peace and the supply, the supply of peace is not here yet, but it will come if... We should have it. And I'll stay here and still till it comes. It will surely come. Amen. It's tuning in to the work of Jesus Christ that's in our hearts. That was my cut. Now let me tell you what Gloria said. Gloria says, Notice that this scripture instructs us to give thanks in all things, not for all things. When tragedy or temptation strikes, we are not to thank God for them. He is not their author. He is the one who provides our way of escape from them. And that's what we're to thank him for. If you read the four Gospels, you'll find that Jesus never gave thanks for sickness or death. Instead, when he encountered them, his response was to overcome them by God's power. So give thanks as Jesus gave thanks not for Satan's activities, but for the victory God has given you over them. Amen. You know, I, the thought just came to me, a revelation from heaven, folks, just came to me that if I practice on giving thanks when the well is dry, then S Satan has no recourse to come and jump on me when the well is dry. You understand what I'm saying? Because he doesn't know the difference. I'm joyful at all times. So there's no room for discouragement to come in or for the enemy to say, see, I, I said, you know, see, uh, God's not taking care of you or some nonsense like that. You follow my drift? If we keep our cup full, then the enemy can't pour anything on our cup. I believe that's the way Adam and Eve were in the beginning. They were full of gratitude. They had no room for anything else but just joy and, and amazement of God's creation. Giving thanks helps us to walk in, on air. Amen. All right, they're asking us to read John 11, uh, the chapter of John. So let's go over there and take care of that. And we'll finish these two. For today, amen. Thank you so much for coming on here and sticking with the program. You know, we're up early at task. We're diligent with this stuff, <clears throat> with the Word of God, with our walk. Okay, John 11. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory 
of God so that the Son of God will receive <clears throat> glory from this. Amen. <clears throat> Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No. It happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But now I will go and wake him up. There's a whole sermon on this part. There are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. In contrast between saved and not being saved. Amen. So Lazarus is saved and he's going to be waking up. I'm sure there's more to it, folks, but there's beauty in it. Verse 12, the disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will not get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told him plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Isn't it amazing that the uh, disciples, just like ourselves, have to be coaxed in believing? Have the Lord God is always doing things for us so we continue to believe and believe and believe. He's helping us. And once we realize that belief will not quit and that the Lord will not quit. He'll keep coming to us. We finally start wimp wimping and whining and, and act in faith and walk in faith when, the, when it doesn't seem like the Lord is there. We're not reading our Bible. We're not communing with Him. So we're running on the edge. So we have to act on belief and then the belief comes again. Amen. We walk by faith, not by sight, in other words, folks. All right, I'll, I'll stick to the reading, folks. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go to and die with Jesus. Huh. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, he went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. <clears throat> yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am <clears throat> the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live. And even after dying, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. 
Yes, Lord, she told him, I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who came into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed out of the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep, so they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would have not died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him. And he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked. They told him, Lord, come and see. When Jesus wept, the people who were standing nearby said, how much he loves them. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. He came with a stone and rolled across his entrance. Now, let me say something about Jesus being angry. There's a footnote that says right here that Jesus was angry in spirit. And or the way I understand that, he had righteous indignation. And we all had that. We all walk into a hospital, we see a loved one laying there, and then it hits us. That's not right. They need to rise up. And we pray with all the faith we can muster to get them up. And we see them in the spirit walking and we tell them, look, the Lord has healed you. Come on, get up, try to help. Read the Bible, fill your heart with the word of God. The love will lift you out of that bed. Fortunately, people don't want to work that hard. They want an injection, a pill or something. They want to get into the word of God, sing songs and worship and get happy and high in the word of God that can uh, set us up right side up. Amen. Then Jesus said, roll that stone, put it aside. But Martha, the dead man's sister said, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you will see God's glory if you believe? So folks, let us act on believing every time we, there's, when there's something not there and we know something's not right, we go back to our mantra and we say to our big head, yes, the supply for it is not here yet, but it will come, the scriptures is written, if we should have it, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it will surely come. We all agree with it that yes, the word of God has to be waited upon that and meditated on it so the word of God will come to pass. And that's how we believe. We stay believing, folks. So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told him, unwrap him and let him go.
Many of the people who would marry believed in Jesus when they saw this happen. But was, some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the leading priests and Pharisees called the high council together. What are we going to do? They asked each other. This man certainly performs many miracle signs, miraculous signs. If we allow him to go on like this, soon everyone will believe in him. Then the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple and our nation. Amen. Thanks be to God. Glory to God in the highest. Praise his word. We bless it and we listen to it over and over again because it gives us good food for the day and status. Gives us spiritual uprightness. Status in the kingdom of God. We are right standing with the Father in the heavens. By the blood of the Lamb and the wonderful water, we speaking by the Holy Spirit, may you be supplied with all you need for today, that the joy of the Lord will surround you and come into you, and the mighty name of Jesus Christ protect you as you move along in your day today. In Jesus' name, be blessed.